We are so glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much in you and through you, and we would love to hear about it. Would you send us an email at shannon at hectorfirst.com to tell us your story? You can also go online and give to this ministry by going to hectorfirst.com and clicking the Give tab. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy the message. Thank you, musicians and singers, for leading us into the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Before we begin this morning, uh, we want to. I want to take a moment, and uh, we want to pray for uh, for the Bill Blaylack and his family this morning. Uh, he's struggling this morning. Uh, we just want to pray for them, the family, Randall and Ava, and I know that there are some of you here this morning that are related and connected we want to pray for you as well um, as far as as long as i can remember i can remember brother bill a great man of god and uh we just want to pray pray for them this morning so would you join me in uh, in prayer uh, for brother bill this morning he needs uh, he needs a touch from the lord he needs a miracle uh just pray for him, pray for uh, Randall and Ava and the family this morning. Let's pray. Father, we just, we thank you, Lord, for, for Brother Bill, Lord, and we know that he is a man that has loved you for a very long time. Lord, he is not himself this morning. I pray, God, that today, right now, as we are praying, Lord, that you would touch his body, touch him, Lord, I pray. Uh, healing to take place within him whatever that means god lord we just we just giving to you we we give his life to you lord he has blessed so many and touched so many lord that we can stop and take a moment of time right now to pray for him healing in his body lord we're going to do that because we know lord that you hear the prayers you're saying lord we pray for brother bill this morning I ask God that you would touch his body. I pray for the family. God, I pray for uh, kids, grandkids, great-grands, Lord, all that are connected to this family. God, that you would touch them. Touch them. God, give them peace and, and comfort today. Know that the bill is in your hand. God, that you are taking care of him. We're going to give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, everything that we have sung about this morning, I, I didn't usually, Pastor Cajo asked me where I'm going and what I'm preaching on, and uh, we didn't talk about that this week, uh, but it lines up. It lines up. It may not line up until the end, but it lines up. It, bring, it brings the point home. And uh, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and be turning with me to the book of Genesis. Uh, God's been stirring this this word in my soul for the last I don't know week and a half. I this story, and it's not even been a part of my Bible reading, but this story of Jacob has just I, it's just been consuming to me, and it, it's a, it's a story we we probably all know. Well, it's a story. Uh, we're going to talk about many parts of the story this morning, but we're going to be in, we're going to start in Genesis chapter Genesis chapter twenty five, and then so go ahead, put your finger there, Genesis chapter 25, verse starting at verse twenty nine. Then we're going to be in Genesis twenty seven and Genesis thirty two. But I, I, if I was uh, going to title today's sermon, it would be from beans to a blessing. Who likes beans? Who likes beans and cornbread? Amen. Who's hungry? I'm hungry. This this sermon title, you know, if if you're not hungry, you will be by the end, probably. Everybody, I hear candy wrappers opening right now. Lord bless those. Amen. Amen. From beans to a blessing. Jacob is a is a character that everybody knows very well. 
character in the Old Testament, one of the great patriarchs of our belief, our belief, our foundation. Today, I, I want to I want to pick Jacob apart just a little bit. So we're in Genesis chapter 25. I'm going to start reading in verse 29. Are you there? If you're there, would you stand for the reading of the word? And when you stand up, would you say amen? Genesis chapter 25, beginning in verse 29. It says, once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of your red stew, for I am exhausted. Therefore, his name was called Edom. And Jacob said, sell me your birthright. And Esau said, I'm about to die of hunger. I'm about to die of what, of what use is this birthright to me? And Jacob said, swear to me now. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And then Jacob gave Esau bread, and lentil stew. Lentils, if you've, have, has anybody ever had lentils? Hey, lentils was a part of every meal in Ecuador. Every meal, lentils. It's like a bean. They're tasty sometimes. Depends on who's cooking. But it says, then Jacob, Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went on his way, and thus Esau despised his birthright. Now turn over a couple of chapters, chapter 27. We're going to read verse 1. I'm, I'm, these may not sound like they're going together, but we're going to put them together here in just a second, okay? Verse 1 says of chapter 27, And when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, and he answered, Here am I. Now, same chapter, verse 21. It says, Then Jacob said, Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near that I may feel you, my son, for I know whether you are really my son Esau or not. And so Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice but the hands, the hands of Esau. Chapter 32, and we're going to finish reading right there. Chapter 32, beginning in verse 22. Genesis 32, verse 22. And it says, That same night he arose and took two wives, his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 children, and crossed the ford of Jabbok. And he took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And the man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And then he said, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go, go unless you bless me. And he said, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. And then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, what is it that you ask? Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. And so Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has, not, has been delivered. The sun rose up upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat of the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. Thank you, Father, for your word. I pray, God, that you would bless it. Help me, Lord, to remove myself and not allow me to speak my heart, my feelings, but, Lord, I need to speak and want to speak and desire to speak your word and your heart. 
you would open our hearts and minds to hear and apply what you have for us today. We're going to give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, everybody shouted a big amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for honoring the reading of the word this morning. I'm sure everybody knows the, the meaning of the word Jacob. If your name's Jacob in here, I'm sorry. Uh, I, this, this is not intended for you, but Jacob means deceiver. It means deceiver. Why? I don't know. I don't know why that, that they chose to name their kids Esau and Jacob. I, I don't know that. But it kind of it kinda plays, Jacob kind of plays into that role as he goes through life. And I, I'm going to say some things this morning that, that are going to cause you to think. They're going to cause you to really maybe even go back and check out the stories that I'm going to talk about today. But that's my job. I want you to understand. I want you to discover the Word of God on your own terms, not from just taking my word for it. I promise you, I promise you, what I'm going to deliver today is a word from the Lord. And everything that's going to be said can be backed up within the Scripture. If Jacob means deceiver, if you look at the life of Jacob, he took shortcuts to every blessing that he received. Every blessing that Jacob received, it was a shortcut for him. We read partial part of the story of him and Esau. They were twins, but the right, the birthright was given to the firstborn. And it didn't, I guess it just, the older they got, it just didn't set well with Jacob. And we know the story, and his mom was kind of in on a little bit of some of it, but she might have been the instigator. I don't know, but I, I'm not going to talk about the mom this morning. I'm going to talk about Jacob. But here you have Esau. Esau's his brother. Esau had been out in the field, and it says that he came home and he was hungry. I already asked you if you were hungry. Many of you, if not most of us, were opening candy wrappers and begin to drop them in our mouth, but Esau was to the point of death, he thought. Have you ever been that hungry? Have you ever been that hungry that you just, I'm going to die? Maybe he was, maybe he was being a little, uh, a little, sarcastic with his brother, but as he began to deceive his brother, Esau's hungry. He says, now it's the time. I can get what's, what is, should be mine. I, you know, if he's the deceiver, he's also a smart one, right? You have the scheme to, to achieve. He's having to play his cards right in order to receive something that wasn't intended for him. He's got to be the smart one to get it, right? He's got to plan it out. Maybe he's late awake at night, many nights, and thinking, how can I get the birthright? How can I get what Esau is supposed to receive? How? I was just a few seconds behind in the birth. It really, I should have the birthright too. Esau comes in from the field. He says he's, he's so hungry. He says, give me some of that. And there's nothing that smells better when you're hungry, then walking into the house and smelling something that's cooking, but beans and cornbread, man, that it smells very good. Smell any? Does anybody have beans on the stove right now? Aunt Sherry's got beans on the stove. We're all going. No, I'm just kidding. But to to be that hungry when you're when you walk into a room and something smells delicious, what do you do? What's the reaction? Man, that smells good, right? Everybody, that sense of smell kicks in, and you might, your mind, you automatically get hungrier, right? You automatically get hungrier than you were right outside the door. Your senses are on, are, are on point. They're on, they're. They're right there. They're feeling everything that needs to be. All the feels are real, right? And Jacob's thought this out, and Esau says, I'm hungry. And Jacob says, sell me your birthright, and I'll give you some beans. Give me 
your birthright, and I'll give you some lentil soup. Beans just sounded better. Or then he would say, no soup for you, right? But you think about the, the, the moment in, in that time when Esau was so hungry that his birthright didn't matter to him. Jacob says, sell me that, I'll give you the beans. Sell me that, and I'll give it to you. Jacob was a schemer. He deceived Esau for the birthright. And maybe Esau thought, ah, he, he's, not, he's not playing. Uh, if, 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 I was, if it was me and if I had a brother or if any of you came to my house and you were hungry, I'm not going to think, oh, what could I get for this? What could I get? If you're that hungry, what could I get in return? I would just give you the soup. I would just give you the beans. And most of us, if not all of us, would do the same, right? But Jacob, being the schemer that he was, being the deceiver that he was, he, was always, ha he always had something in play. He deceived his brother. He deceived Esau. You may be thinking, how in the world are we getting to victory when you're talking about deceiving? Well, just hang on a minute, okay? Don't check out on me just yet. He said, or he deceived his brother. But not only did he deceive his brother, in the next passage of Scripture that we read, he deceived his dad. He deceived his own father, Isaac. And if we, if we go back and we read in chapter 27, he says, you sound like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. Now, that's something that's very interesting that jumped out of the word, jumped off the pages. I never really thought of it like that. I never really thought that what Isaac was saying plays a big part in our relationship with God. Isaac says, you sound like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. Now, we know the story. Let me, let me back up a minute. His mom had heard that Jacob or Isaac had told Esau, I'm hungry. I want some wild game. I want you to go hunting, kill something, and prepare it for me and bring it back. His mom, Jacob's mom, had heard this, and so he, he went, she went to him and said, all right, this, it's, it's time. It's time to receive the blessing. So go get me two goats, and I'm going to kill them. We're going to take, and then Jacob says, oh, but I don't, what if he asked me to, what if he asked me to come close so I could, so he could tell, my brother's hairy, I'm not. She said, oh, we'll, we'll skin the goats, and you can put the goat hair on you, and, and if he calls you over, then you can, you can put that on you. Now, that's, that's some deep thinking, right? Who's going to put a dead animal's skin on you and walk up just to deceive something. I mean, they're my, they're, Susan, I've been listening to some true crime podcasts. She's saying, stop. There's, some, there's just some weird things that happen in our world. Sick thing. But Jacob puts on this goat hide on his arms just in case. Isaac says, you sound like my son Jacob, but you feel like my son Esau. How many of you know that sometimes when you go off of your feelings and you ignore the voice, you can get in trouble? <laughs> if you go off, the, off your feels, if you go off on how you're feeling, you're going to end up in a mess you wish you hadn't have been in. But if you can stay tuned to the voice of God, because that you know is true. That you know is real. What you hear usually will not deceive you because you understand or you know that boy. If I was to call you or if I, if I talk, if I was to call Susan, I talk to Susan every day of my life, she knows my voice. If I call her, I don't even have to say, this is Shannon, your husband. She automatically knows. Not only does it say my name when it pops up on her phone, But she knows my voice. 
Are we at the place in our walk and our relationship with God that we know his voice? Or are we spending too much time going off of our feelings? We know Jacob at the, or Isaac at that point, at that moment in time, he was still in control of the birthright, right? Who he was going to give the blessing to. Jacob may have received it from Esau, but Isaac was the one that was going to give the blessing. And Jacob deceived his own father. And how many, the rest of the story, as it, as it plays out through Genesis, Jacob has to basically run for his life. He's not only scared, he's, he's afraid of his brother, what he's going to do. He's disappointed his dad. All of these things, if you look back at Esau, he gave his birthright up because of his feelings of hunger. Isaac gave it up because of his feelings. What he felt, felt like his son Esau. He went by what he felt rather than what he heard. Your feelings will deceive you. And it will take you in a wrong direction and in the wrong direction of what God is telling you and telling you to go. In Matthew 4, 4, it says, man shall not live by bread alone. But listen to this, this last part, it says, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Not your feelings but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. What's the mouth of God? What's the word of God? It is your Bible. It is the book that you hold in your hands this morning. It's Genesis to Revelation. It's from genuine. It's from Holy Bible to Genuine Leather, whatever, however you want to look at it. It's that book that you hold and read dearly every single day. Can I get an amen? You can't trust your feelings. But you can trust the Word of God. Let me say that again. You cannot trust your feelings, but you can trust the Word of God. You can trust the Word. It is the Word of God. It is the Word of the Lord. Jacob leaves home. He's running for his life. He's scared. He ends up falling in love with a lady by the name of Rachel, but he gets Leah first. You know, we know that story. Basically, at that point in time, his father-in-law begins to uh, rip him off because how many of you know you reap what you sow, right? He's getting what's coming to him. Now, I, I've read this story, and I've preached it different ways, but when you look at it, he's getting what's coming to him. He deceived his brother. He deceived his father, and now he's getting ripped off. Father-in-law promised him one, but gave him another one. Then if you'll work for me for these years, then I'll give you the other one. It didn't ever happen the way Jacob wanted it to happen. But for 14 years, he dealt with it. He was reaping what, you, what he was sown into the lives of those around him. And then Jacob turns right around, and then he rips his father-in-law off. He takes all of the... He takes the best of the best, right? All of the prize animals, the choice breeding animals, Jacob robs him of those. And I know, I know if you read the story, God's in all of this. I see that. I get that. I want you to understand something, though. You will always suffer the consequences of your decision. Whether it's a good one or whether it's a bad one, you are always going to reap what you sow. You sow good things, you get good things. You, re you sow bad things, you're going to get bad things. If Jacob is a deceiver and he's been taking every shortcut to, so he can, he, can, he can find the blessing that he is desiring, and everything that he's received up to that point, it's been because of deceit or deceive, deceiving. How do you think the people around him felt? How do you think 
What do you think his father-in-law thought of him? I'm a father-in-law. Are you a father-in-law? Are you a mother-in-law? Do you have do you have kids that are married? And those those lives make different make a difference in your life. You you I mean it would be it would be a hard sell to know that that my daughter was married to somebody that I didn't like. How do we think that the people around Jacob felt? How do you think his dad felt about him after he discovered that he had been deceived by his own son? What do you think went through Isaac's mind when he when Jacob left and, and then Esau came in? How do you think he felt deep down? Can't believe he would do that. Why would he do that to me? What do you think about, how do you think his, his wives felt? I'm, I'm, I'm reading into some of this. This isn't, this isn't in, the, in the Word, but how, how do you think they felt? Did they think less of him? We all know that we, we think about things like that. If I, if I mess up, if I say something that's incorrect, what are they going to think of me? What are, the, what are they going to think of me if I act or react a certain way or if I do something that is immoral or incorrect? And We all have those thoughts in, within us. But Jacob had lived the life of deceiving people. What were these people in his circle thinking about him? Were they thinking less of him? He was burning bridges one right after the other. And the lives and the stories that we've led up to this point right here. We get to chapter 32. And he finds himself at Jabbok. All of this is all this is very, very interesting. Jacob means deceiver. He's at a place called Jabok. Jabok means the place of breaking. The place of breaking. How many of us have ever been to the point where we are so exhausted, we're just tired, we're we're to the point of I'm tired of running, I'm tired of I'm tired of doing all of this for nothing. Maybe Jacob is at that point in his life right here. He's reached Jabok, and I don't know if he knows what it means, and I'm sure he does, but he's reaches Jabok and he's he knows that he's going to meet his brother. After all these years, he's going to see Esau. And Jacob is still afraid. He has fear within him. And he's thinking, I've got to send a buffer. There's got to be something between me and my brother. I've got to wear him down before I get to him. The anger that I think he has for me, I need to minimize that as much as possible. So I'm going to send gifts. I'm going to send gifts in front. I'm going to send some servants in front. I'm going to send animals in front. I'm going to send all these things in front of him so by the time I get there, it's going to soften the blow. He's processing all of this, and he's wearing himself out because he's an intellectual person. So he thinks that he's got to do it this way in order for his brother to forgive him. Sometimes we overthink things, we overprocess things way too much, and it wears us out. It can wear me out putting a sermon together, putting this sermon together. I wanted it all to be, and I know I've probably missed some in my notes, and that's okay. I'm, but I want us to understand, Jacob, the deceiver, has reached Jabok, the place of breaking. I'm sure he's tired of running. He's tired of thinking, trying to make amends to his mistake. There's so much more that we could unpack from Jacob's life of even who his father was and who his grandfather was. Grandfather was Abraham. You know, we sing a song about Father Abraham when we were kids, right? Father Abraham, I mean, he's, I mean all this, everything hinges. He's having to 
fill some big shoes, right? He's tired of the person that he has became. I have deceived my brother. I've deceived my dad. I've deceived my father-in-law. I've messed up my relationships with my wife. My kids probably don't look at me the same. All these things are playing through his head because he's an intellectual person. He has to have it all thought out, all processed. He begins to think, I'm missing something. I'm missing something. My, my grandpa and my dad, they had an encounter with God. My dad, my grandpa put my dad on an altar to sacrifice him. My grandpa had an encounter with God. My dad had an encounter with God, but here I am. I'm living off blessings that I have deceived, that I have stolen from other people. I don't have this encounter for myself. I'm tired. You may be tired this morning. You say, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of living a life of lies. I'm tired of, of living this way. I need an encounter with God. I need my encounter. God. I don't need somebody else's encounter. I need my own encounter with God. My kids, they can't live off of my encounter. They have to have their own encounter. I can't live off the encounter of my parents or my grandparents or my great-grandparents. Great -grandparents. I had to have my own encounter. You have to have your own encounter with God. You. Chapter 32, this is where we are. Jacob has everything that he needs. He has a beautiful family. He's got wealth. You name it, Jacob's got it. Maybe he begins to think of all of this, and he says, I have everything I need but an encounter. There's one thing that I don't have. I don't have my encounter. Chapter 32, we read this passage. It says he sends his wife the last. He's bringing up the end of the train. He sent all these things ahead of him to, to soften the blow that Esau would receive him. He sent gifts and everything. He, the night comes and he, he gets to Jabbok and he sends his wife and his 11 kids across. He stays behind. He says, I, I, I've got to have my encounter. This is it. This is it, God. I've got to have an encounter. And we know that God sends an angel and meets Jacob at Jabbok. And it says they wrestle together. I mean, all of these things, I mean, Growing up as a kid, we I used to watch on Saturday mornings was wrestling. Anybody else? I know it was that was back when it was real. It ain't real anymore. But we had a MMA, there's an MMA fight going on right here in Jabbok. Jacob and an angel are going at it on the creek bank. And they're wrestling, and it says that, that the angel touched him. They were tired. They were locked up. They were, they were exhausted. And usually, if you're watching wrestling, there's a cheap shot. They'll poke them in the eyes or slap them or do something to, get their, to lose their focus. And then they lose their grip. But Jacob would not give up. He says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I need my own blessing. I need my own encounter with God. You can do whatever you want to me. You can touch me. You can slap me. You can poke me in my eyes. You can kick me, pull my hair, whatever. I'm not letting go until you bless me. 
It was in that place, in the middle of his wrestling match, in the middle of his own encounter, in the middle of the place of breaking, he received the blessing. In the middle, in the place that he was, that it was known for as the place of breaking became the very place of the place of blessing. He reached his breaking points. It's not by coincidence. Jacob was broken. Jacob's relationships with everybody was broken. His dreams were broken. Everything is messed up at Jabbok. At the very place of breaking became a blessing. Anytime you allow God to come to the plate, to, to allow you to come to that place of breaking. And some of you may be here today. Some of you may have been there and you may be there again, but you felt alone. You have felt messed up. You have felt like, what has happened to me? How did I get myself in this position? You're at a place of breaking. And at the place of breaking, God shows up. And that place of breaking will become your place of blessing. I've been there. I've been there. I was called to minister in the ministry at a very young age, at 14, but I ran from God. I can take you to the place where God called me to preach at 14. I can tell you who was preaching. And I made a decision not to do that because I was going off of my feelings, not the voice. Because I was thinking, I was feeling, I'm, I'm a kid. I can't do this. I can't preach. I can't do any of this. God, you've messed up. And I did what I wanted to do for the next seven years. At the age of 21, Again, I can take you to that place where God said, are you tired of running? I remember making the statement, no more, I'm yours. I surrendered everything to him. And there are scripture, there are stories within the Bible, not just Jacob's story, but there are other stories. We could talk about Moses and how God how he goes to the desert for 40 years and loses everything. He was broken. He was broken. Job had the trial of his life. He loses everything. He was broken. Joseph, his brothers sell him. He gets thrown into prison. Joseph was broken. Paul gets taken from his position of authority. He was blinded for three days and even confused about his own identity. He was broken. But in each one of these stories, if you read the end of their stories, the point of breaking becomes the point of blessing. Always. Maybe you're here today and say, Pastor Shannon, I, I can't, I can't keep going. I can't, I can't do this another day. I'm breaking. I'm alone. I'm depressed. I'm full of all of these emotions and I don't know what to do. Your place of breaking can be your place of blessing. There are three lessons that we can get out of this story. Three great lessons that we can get from Jacob. And I'm closing. Sometimes you have to hold on for dear life. You have to hold on to God. Jacob teaches us to hold on longer than our flesh wants to. Sometimes that's the hard part. 
you hold on for dear life and it just gets to the point of exhaustion and you just think, I am letting go. There's movies that you can that you can watch. You can see these situations play out over and over again. Somebody's hanging on a ledge. Somebody's hanging from, from a rope or a cable. Somebody's hanging on for dear life. Their fingers, one by one, begin to slip. The thoughts are going through their mind. I can't hold it any longer. My life is over. And they either drop their death or a Savior reaches down and grabs them. Jacob, in this story, we can see that he held on for dear life. One thing to remember about Jacob, it says that the Scripture, scripture says that, that, that the angel touched him put his hip out of socket. Jacob's a cripple now. He's different. All he can do now is hold on. You can't chase him down anymore. His hip is wrenched. It's, out of, it's not working like it used to. The only thing that a cripple can do, like Jacob can do right here, right now, is to hold on to the promises of God. Hold on for your blessing. If God has crippled you in an area, I'm not talking necessarily physical. I'm talking about spiritual. I'm talking about the whole story. It's not to hurt you. It's so that you will cling to him just a little longer. Cling to him until he returns. Cling to him until you receive your blessing, your miracle. You may need to tell yourself, I can't do this on my own. But I'm going to hold tight to God. In that same chapter 32, verse 26 says this. Then he said, let me go. The angel of the Lord says, let me go. For day has broken. And Jacob says, I will not unless you bless it. Number two, this is where we hit on victory. Victories, victory in Jacob's life came from a touch. Came from a touch. What kind of touch was it? Was it, you know, when we think about a touch, I, I received something from the Lord today. God really showed up and I received it today. What happened? Well, I, you know, it's down here and it was just exciting, all this stuff. We think of a touch and we automatically go to an exciting, emotional, hallelujah touch, right? Jacob's touch wasn't like that. Jacob's touch, was, his victory, the touch that he received was a painful one. It's something that marked him. It wasn't an hallelujah. It was a touch of breaking that happened in his life. A touch of crippling that happened in his life. Number three, this story teaches us that after you have an encounter with God, that after Jacob had his encounter with God, Jacob never walked the same again. How many of you know that when God touches you, you will never walk the same again? Jacob, here's the, here's the guy that when he walked into the room, everybody associated him with the deceiving spirit that he carried. You got to watch out for that guy. He'll get you. There are people in our lives we know that will take advantage of us, right? Don't look at anybody in here. But there are people that, will, that are out to deceive you, to rob from you, to steal from you. And maybe you were one of those persons or one of those people at one time, but when somebody like that walks into the room, they recognize him from the wall. That's Jacob. Maybe he was cocky. Maybe he was arrogant. Maybe he walked with his, well, he was a proud guy. Maybe he just walked with his head held high and like, mm -hmm, I 
am Jacob. What can I get from you today? But when God touched him, his demeanor changed. His walk changed. Yeah, it may have been a limp. May have been a limp where his hip was no longer working like it used to. People recognized it. That what, what's the matter with Jacob? He's not walking like he used to. Let me, let me tell you what God done for me. Because I'm not going to walk that same way anymore because I've been blessed by God. I, I'm not that same person anymore. God's blessed me. And he didn't just bless me. He didn't just touch me. He changed my name. I'm no longer the deceiver. But Israel means I'm the one that will fight for God. I'm the one that doesn't matter what's going to come and come at me. God's on my side. I'm no longer going to deceive anyone for anything. But what I have, you want to talk about my limp? You want to talk about me being crippled? Because I'm going to fight for God. Because the God that touched me and blessed me is the same one that can bless you at your point of breaking. And the very point of breaking in your life can be the very point of blessing. Now, that's my prayer for all of you. For all of us to be blessed, it's pretty awesome to be blessed, right? It's pretty special. Somebody blesses you. But it's even more special to bless somebody. If God blessed you so much that he sent his son to die so that you won't have to spend an eternity in a hell that's fit for liars and, and thieves and sinners. He blessed you by sending his son to die on the cross, a savior that can give us eternal life. Today, I believe God's dropped by because maybe you're at your point of breaking. Maybe you're at that place. Maybe you're at a J-Bot place in your life. God says today, no longer be going to call the point, the place of breaking. But it's going to be known as the place of blessing. Changed his life forever. I want you to walk different. I want you to be different. God wants us to be different. Would you stand with me all over this place this morning? Do you need an encounter today? You see, sometimes victory means defeat. You say, that don't make no sense. Did Jacob win the wrestling match? He wrestled all night. He says, I'm not letting go until you bless me. How many of you know that when you're in a wrestling match, it's the first one that gives up, loses, right? Basically, Jacob's saying, I'll let you go, but you're going to bless me. Sometimes victory may mean defeat. Sometimes you have to lose physically to win spiritually. And in a natural world, in the world that we live in, that may look like a loss to the eyes of the people around you. But when that happens, we just get promoted. We just get a promotion. We get God's attention. God's saying, I've got you. I've got your blessing. I've got everything that you need. Just surrender your life to me. You need an encounter with me today. God's here for an encounter that will change your life, change the way you walk for the rest of your life. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You hear this morning say, Pastor, you have 
confirmed some things in my life. God's been speaking to me. Things that I've been dealing with for some time. And I need an encounter on my own today. I need victory today. If that's you this morning, I want, you, I want to encourage you. I don't, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I just want you to step out from where you're standing. I'll meet you down here. A place of blessing. God's here. Anybody else this morning, I want to encourage you to come. Nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to say anything about you. This is your family, church family. We love you. We want to pray with you, pray for you. Place of breaking today can become a place of blessing. Your Jabok is no longer. Today you can have an encounter for yourself. Anybody else this morning? As they sing this morning, if anybody would like to come and help pray this morning there are several that are here this morning before I step down every head's bowed every eye's closed real quick I, I, I have I can't I can't move forward without this this morning nobody's looking around every head's bowed every eye's closed I, I, I believe that there is someone here today lost that needs God's visitation in your life. Maybe saying, Pastor, I've had a relationship with the Lord. I, I've been I've been in a place where I have enjoyed church. I've enjoyed a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, but today I can't say that I am. you this morning to come. I'm going to pray with you. I want to rejoice with you because God is speaking to you today. Anybody this morning? individuals, Lord, I, I know, I believe, God, that there is one, if not two here today, that need to make a relationship change with you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just speak into their heart and their life. God, that you would touch them. 